Knuckles from Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting, U.S. Army veteran, uh, former CMP examiner. I wanted to come on today and discuss what happens in a CMP exam, a compensation and pension exam for GERD, okay? So we've done a couple of videos like this um, in the past where I've just kind of went over what to expect when you go on for, the, for these exams. So I hope they've been helpful. Um, and today's discussion, like I said, is going to be on, on GERD, right? So there's some other um, esophageal conditions that kind of can be claimed and, and looked at um, analogously to GERD. So one is hiatal hernia. Um, there are some other um, types of uh, reflux. So there's eosinophilic esophagitis. There's, there's other things that kind of get lumped in sometimes with this, but I'm gonna specifically talk about GERD, but for a lot of those conditions, the CMP exam is gonna be very similar, same type of questions, same type of examinations. But the one that I see more commonly is GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, so I get asked about that one a lot. So I wanted to just dispel any kind of like, I don't wanna say rumors, but maybe some apprehensions veterans have by doing this series of video about videos about these types of exams because it's really super simple to figure out what kinds of things they can expect in the examination. It's, it's kind of like a formula. Um, it's the same thing every time. You can kind of go and look at the list of questions that you might be asked. Um, if you go to va.gov and you go pull up the disability benefit questionnaires, right, the DBQs. So that's what your CMP examiner is going to do when you go in there is they're going to just run down that um, DBQ. So it's a specific form that they're asked to fill out. And they're going to go over that. They're going to go over your history and they're going to ask you the questions that are specifically on there, right? So in advance of this exam, you're going to get some kind of notification in the mail probably that says, hey, you have a CMP exam scheduled for um, this location and this date. Um, sometimes your exams can be done virtually. So they may do a telephonic exam. They may, depending on what it is, but for this one, it can sometimes happen. They can call you on the phone and they can do, they can basically run down this disability benefit questionnaire with you on the phone. Sometimes in certain types of exams, they might do what's called an ACE exam, which is an acceptable clinical, I think it stands for acceptable clinical evaluation. Let me Google it real quick. But that is basically where they may or may not call you um, and they can do it by records review alone, right? So they may just look at what you have in your files and give an opinion. I see that a lot on sleep apnea. Um, so an ACE exam stands for, let me see, acceptable clinical evidence exam, okay? Um, so they may or may not even call you for those exams. They might just go through your evidence and then render an opinion based on what they review, okay? Um, so anyways, back to the actual GERD exam. So if you go in person, what's going to happen is they're going to call you in. Um, you're going to go to where, wherever that clinic is. They may ask you to bring stuff with you. They usually probably aren't going to because the VA is going to supply them with any um, of your medical charts or medical notes um, that are that they deem relevant, right? So if you're already service connected and they're simply asking for an increase, they might not even ask for any type of medical opinion. If it's, if it's already service connected, they just want them to put you know, fill out the DBQ to see what your current severity or your current level of disability is, right? Um, if it is asking for service connection, um, they might want a medical opinion. So they might um, send in your whole C file or whatever it is that they think, um, you know, is relevant for them to make that medical opinion, right? So um, the first thing that is going to happen when you get there is they're going to 
you know, pull up this BBQ. You guys can look along with it if you go to v8.gov and pull up. It's actually called the, um, it's not GERD. This BBQ, this specific one is called esophageal conditions, okay? It's a, and then in parentheses, it says including gastroesophageal reflux disease, hiatal hernia, or any other esophageal disorders, right? So um, they're going to um, first check off, have you, have you ever been diagnosed with or do you have an esophageal condition? So that seems kind of silly, but some people will just make a claim and not have a diagnosis, right? They just think that they have it or they've been told that they might have it, but there's nothing in their medical record that supports that. Um, so that's where the examiner is going to put yes, that I've, you know, that yes, they've been diagnosed. They can also diagnose you in the CMP exam. That doesn't happen very often, but they can. Um, and then they're going to, there's going to be a block for what is the diagnosis. So they're going to check, do you have GERD? Do you have hiatal hernia? Do you have a stricture of your esophagus? Um, do you have a spasm of your <laughs> esophagus um, or other? What is what is the condition that applies, right? That's related to the esophagus, right? Now, just side note, we'll do another video on this later, but IBS is not on the same form. That is totally separate. It's a different part of the um, GI tract, right? This is just for esophageal conditions. The, uh, the IBS is more related to the colon, right? Okay. Um, then they're going to ask you to describe your history. So they're going to ask you like, how long has it been going on? When did you um, first notice it? Has it gotten worse over time? Some of those things. So if you can like maybe detail, maybe write a couple of quick notes. I'm not saying write a 10 page document because you want to stay very focused when you go into these exams so that you can provide them the relevant information. So how long has it been going on? What do you notice makes it worse? I've talked about diaries in the past for other conditions. If you notice spicy foods make it worse, um, taking anti-inflammatory medications make it worse or whatever, what makes it better? You drink milk, it makes it better, whatever. Just whatever is relevant to that. Um, journals, I love journals. I think they're really great because then you can put what are the dates, um, you know, how frequently it happens, um, how long those episodes last for, stuff like that. And that's going to come up later too. So um, then they're going to ask what medications that you do you take. So then you're going to tell, you know, they should have access to some of that, but some of it's over the counter, right? Are you taking Tums? Are you taking Prilosec over the counter? Hopefully you're getting it from your doctor at the VA so that you don't have to pay for it because that junk's expensive, right? So um, Prilosec, are you taking, um, you know, Zantac or whatever you're taking for the medication okay, or for medications for that specific condition? Um, then they're going to ask you if you have any of the following symptoms, right? So, um, and, and these are kind of like vague, but they're going to ask, and I'm reading them straight off the thing, off the DBQ. So symptoms productive of considerable impairment of health. Okay. Um, symptoms combination productive of some severe impairment of health, persistently recurrent epigastric distress, infrequent episodes of epigastric distress, dysphagia, right? Pyrosis reflux, regurgitation. Um, those are all words that describe difficulty swallowing, um, reflux coming up or a burning sensation, pain, right? So they're going to ask about, are you having pain? And the very specific things would be um, substernal, right? Or like chest pain, um, arm pain, shoulder pain. Are you having sleep disturbances, right? Um, are you noticing symptoms at nighttime of reflux? And if so, they're going to ask you how frequently, right? Um, like how frequently per year, right? If you're having, um, 
what is the duration, right? And that's why I said having a log or a diary can be helpful. Like is the duration less than a day, one to nine days, 10 days or more. Most people that have reflux, it's intermittent. So it's going to be like after a meal or whatever, you might have it for like, you know, I get it on occasion and it's like, um, if I eat something really spicy, I might have it for like 20 seconds after I eat whatever I'm eating. Some people might have it for 30 minutes or some people might have it longer. Um, then they're going to ask if you've had weight loss, right? And then they're going to ask if you have had, and if you've had weight loss related to it, they want to know what was your weight before and then what weight, you know, what's your current weight. Um, they're going to ask if you have nausea, right? And then they're going to ask like how frequently and then how long it lasts again. Um, vomiting, um, do you throw up blood, right? So I know that sounds crazy, but what can happen sometimes is if you throw up a lot, um, you can get these little micro tears in your throat and you can get little specks of blood. And that can be related to just trauma to your esophagus because you're just irritating it because you're retching or whatever. Um, do you have blood in your stool? Okay. Um, if, if yes, they're going to ask frequency, each one of these questions is how often and then how long does it last for? Um, then they're going to, they may ask you this or they may just review your records. And it says, does the veteran have um, esophageal stricture, right? Or spasm of the esophagus or an acquired diverticulum of the esophagus, right? So those are a lot of fancy words. Stricture happens a lot of times when there's scarring in there or trauma that happens. It can start to stricture or tighten down because a lot of stuff is going on, right? Um, then they're going to ask if there are any other findings or other pertinent, other pertinent physical findings, complications, conditions related to the above information. So, you know, that could be anything, right? Um, did you, did you have an esophageal perforation, right? Um, anything that might come to mind. Um, then every DBQ asks about scars. I don't know why. I think it's because, actually, I do know why. It's because it will prompt another DBQ to look at the scar. So for esophageal conditions, maybe you have a scar because you had a surgery related to it. Um, and then they're going to ask, um, they may ask or they may just review your records for any diagnostic imaging that has been conducted, right? Did you have an upper GI scope, right? Um, did you have a barium swallow? Did you have a abdominal x-ray? That's probably not super helpful, but if there's any imaging that's related, they're going to ask about that. Then they're going to ask about laboratory testing, mainly because they want to see if you're anemic because that goes into part of the rating criteria is if you have a lot of blood loss, right? Um, so they're going to look at a CBC. They're going to look at something like uh, H. pylori, um, Helicobacter pylori, which is the cause. I'm not going to get super in-depth on that. Maybe when we do a GERD-specific video about, um, you know, what it can be connected to and stuff like that, I'll talk about that. But H. pylori is just um, something that can cause GERD, okay? Um, and then it asks, are there any other significant diagnostic findings, right? Um, and then they ask about it affecting your ability to work. So if it does, make sure you keep some notes, okay? Like, uh, I have to go to the bathroom and vomit all the time. I have missed work so many times. And then if if you've missed work specifically because of your GERD, you would want to have that, doc you know, have you been to the doctors on those days because you keep having to miss work and have that documentation. Have your doctor or your, not your doctor, your boss write a note for you if it's pertinent, right? I think saying things like, Oh, I get chest discomfort and so I have to take extra breaks. That's helpful to know, but I don't know how much that really is impactful as much as like you showing evidence that you went to the doctor's office 10 times in the past year for this, right? That's 
that's impactful, right? Um, and then there's a remarks section. And that's pretty much it. And then they're going to send this off. And then the Raider is going to take a look at this and all of the rest of your evidence and determine what they're going to decide. And hopefully you find out sooner rather than later. So I hope this was very helpful to you guys. Please let me know if you guys are bored with the videos on what happens in a CMP exam. Um, but I think they're super cool. And hopefully you guys get some good examiners. I know that I've heard a lot of horror stories. When I was an examiner, I used to try to disarm people right when they came in and tell them like, look, I'm a disabled vet too. I'm here to help you. Um, I'm going to put down exactly what you say. And, and that's going to be that. So I, I hear a lot of veterans say that, you know, they get misinterpreted or the examiner doesn't write down what they say and that it's completely the opposite of what they said. Um, I, I wish there were not exams like that, but sometimes I guess there are. Um, and I hope you guys get examiners that are very, um, you know, thankful for your service and courteous to you. I always tell veterans when they go in, sometimes they already have a preconceived notion it's going to be negative um, and they have their guard up or they're angry or whatever. The best thing that you can do is to just be polite and respectful. Um, I hate to say take it like a job interview because you should not have to be like on the, they should not have the upper hand, but at the same time, these are the people that are like writing up something for you that could or could not be favorable. So being nice always helps, you know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that, but I always think being nice to somebody um, and respectful is always can take you pretty far, right? So um, I hope this was helpful and I will talk to you guys later. Thanks for watching.